Darling, we've had one hell of a time But the question on everybody's mind Where is the Hello and welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker, and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Christopher Sabella. We hope you enjoy. I don't know how many people, I mean, I don't know how many people listen to this podcast at all, let alone how many people listen to A couple it. million. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, cool. We're going to read the numbers live on this episode. <laughs> we're going to read their names at the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> The uh, I, I sometimes go on that. Uh, this is a tangent, but whatever. Uh, I go on that Comic Book Club Live podcast, which is a, mm. a very fun podcast that I like. And I seem to always go on it once a month. They leave, they read the names of all their patrons from oh, yeah. Patreon, and it feels they just do it. And I keep going on that episode where they <laughs> do that. And I was like, "Do you guys do this every episode?" And they were like, "No, once a month." And I was like, "I think I've been on it three times when you've done it, but." it feels like a graduation, like you're at graduation mm-hmm. and they're announcing mm-hmm. everybody and uh, and then they don't call your name and you don't get to graduate. Right. That's what it feels like to me. There's like this weird tension of like, are they going to say my name? And then they're like, and that's it. And you're like, oh, I didn't mm-hmm. get to graduate. We have a couple million subscribers, listeners, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, and I don't know how many of them, I don't know how many people who listen to the show listen just for the guests that they're fans of or how many listen because they regularly listen. So I don't know who knows you, who's here. Like some people who are going to listen to this are, are fans of yours and some people maybe don't. So I feel like you probably don't want to talk about it, but I feel like it's a disservice to people who don't know you not to discuss the clown motel. Sure. Me. No, I'm fine talking about it. Okay. Um, so the year is, I have no idea what year was that. 2015 the year's 2015 i didn't do any research for this um and you decide to go live in a clown themed motel in the desert of nevada for a month (laughs) Uh and chronicle it on twitter yeah and you raised money to do this you raised money you kickstarted it's my first kickstarter ever look at that you you kickstarted it was there i don't remember i think i gave to the kickstarter and i still don't remember was there an end goal other than i'm gonna do this you were gonna make the zine at the end of it i made a book you made a yeah the book at the, the end the zine wasn't even planned i just said oh, okay. i would write a book about it and i wrote oh a book yeah yeah so the tweets were just chronicling it at the time and sort of keeping your thoughts in order and it was you, just keeping myself sane like, yeah and you were there for a month uh-huh and it sort of positioned you to this position of notoriety in comics because you were the dude who went and lived in the clown motel for a month mm-hmm. um first of all why um so i i had gotten mildly obsessed with it the year before um like right at the end of 2014 um with my friend sheena who used to be my adventure buddy when i lived in kansas city so we started talking about it, and we were like, we should go. So uh, so then we put together a trip. Like, I drove to L.A., and I was there for a while. Then I drove over to Vegas, picked her up from the airport, 
and we stayed at the Circus Circus that night, uh, and then uh, drove to Tonopah, Nevada the next day, and spent the weekend at the Clown Motel, and then we left. Well, so I dropped Sheena off in Vegas, and then I'm like, I'm not taking that same highway past the Clown Motel, because it's horrifying. Um, <laughs> like, once the sun goes down, there are no lights at all, like, and that's, the, like, the one condition of driving I don't like. So I was like, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to go on this highway. And long story short, I suddenly realized that I'm back on that same road, like, uh, and the sun is going down, and I'm too far along. It was, like, right when I passed the prison that I was like, oh, crap, I'm on the same highway, and mm-hmm. I can't turn around, so I just keep going, and by the time sun goes down, it's like, it's too dark. I can't go any further, so I have to check back into the clown motel, um, and then when I left, I started thinking about it more, and I, it just felt like like that, me being forced to stay there one more night, and then me thinking about it more was just like I have to go back um I don't know why but like I want to go back and then I was like I, I'd love to do like a writer's retreat where I just go like stay in a motel room for you know a couple weeks and uh just you know no distractions at all um so that was the plan um and then I was and then I just like pitched it as like hey would anybody pay money for me to go live in the clown motel for a month um and unfortunately a lot of people were super (laughs) i mean i got funded in four hours like and i was asking for like five grand um it's the fastest i've ever funded anything Mm -hmm. um so how does does that make you feel about everything in life (laughs) i i get it like you know everybody wants to watch somebody else go through pain um like and this seemed like an amusing sort of pain so um so yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Ultimately, like the writers' retreat was like my, but also I remember I was having um, problems with a book of mine that I was working on, and like they were going to change artists, and I was still pretty new in my career, and I was just like, I can't handle this. I was like, I just want to go to just be in the desert away from all this. So it was a lot of things that mm-hmm. coalesced into me, yeah, living in a clown motel. Um, if you could do it again, would you? I might. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the worst experience in my life. There were a lot of boring days and a lot of boring nights. Um, you know, like, uh, I really had to wait around for things to happen. Uh-huh. But then when they happened, they really happened. Like, <laughs> you know, there was like the, you know, the first two weeks were solidly boring. And then week three, the, like that Friday, uh, a gang of bikers shows up, like 30, 40 bikers. Um, and they're checking in and they're like, they're laying their leathers out along the railings. Um, like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. And then, uh, so when that calmed down, I like, I, uh, I was like, cool. And then I, and then I heard clown horns and I look outside and there's an Escalade with yeah. four clowns getting out of it and they're checking in. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, and then my friend Terry had come down and we were doing a seance, uh, cause that was one of the stretch goals. Sure. Um, and then the, also I got approached by a woman from like Chinese television 
uh, or no, I got approached by her cameraman. He's when we were hanging out by the cemetery. He comes. He's like, "Oh, are you the writer?" I was like, "What?" And he's like, "We've been we've been looking for you." And like, they, so they interviewed me by the cemetery for this like Chinese news program about the clown motel. Um, Amazing. So yeah, and then right after that weekend ended, Nevada had like the biggest rainstorm it had had in twenty years, um, and the town got flooded, and we were all trapped there. And then there was a fire at a dump that had radioactive materials in it. So suddenly. <laughs> There was like the risk of fallout um, and like all these people were trapped in town. Um, so, you know, like very high highs, but the lows were crushingly low. So, just so we're clear here, the high highs are the radioactive dumpster yeah. fire <laughs> and the flood trapping you with bikers and clowns. Yeah. That was the yeah. high high. Okay. I just wanted great. To... Yeah. Like that's yeah. what you do it for is like. For sure. Uh, so, so for yeah, sure. I. <laughs> but I, I could never, I could never go home. Like I can't go back there because, like now, it's super. I hate to use the phrase commercialized, but like it's very much like a. Hey, we're a clown motel. Isn't that scary? And before it was just like, Hey, we're a clown motel. Uh-huh. Would you like to check in? <laughs> and yeah, now it's like, ooh, <laughs> and like it's not this. Like I, I don't want to stay in a place that knows that it's creepy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That has t-shirts. Yeah, that has my zine <laughs> hanging on the wall of their shop. Like, Ooh, look at that! Yeah. Pretty prestigious. Um, I went to <laughs> I went to Brighton, England once, which is you know a beach town in in England. It's it's you know there. Of course, we're all the mods and the rockers fought, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I was going to say it's their Jersey City. I don't really know what it is. It's it's a it's not Jersey City. Jersey City is not a beach town. It's their uh, Asbury Park or their whatever. Their Miami. But uh, we went there and there was some sort of weird error where we checked into the hotel. There's this big, beautiful hotel on the boardwalk. And they basically were like, yeah, you weren't. Sp-. We made some reservation at some online site. And they were like, you weren't supposed to be able to check in here. We're closed for renovations in the season. And they were basically just like, we're just here for you to check in <laughs> and like we and like they gave us this room that was like the furthest away room they're just like yeah what room do you want they're literally all empty and it was just like a 20 minute walk from the desk to our room and it was and we were just in a super empty hotel but when we were checking in um the carpenters uh song we've only just begun started playing which is the song from that <laughs> john cusack horror movie 1408 okay. where like that in that movie, it's like a haunted hotel and the alarm clock keeps going off and playing that song. And we're literally in this hotel where we're the only people there. And basically just like the concierge is like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be here. Like <laughs> if you need anything. And that song is playing and it was pretty magical and horrifying and great. <laughs> and I was like, I love this experience so much. And it was very sad because I was like, I'll never be able to recreate this experience. I'll never have this again. I just mm-hmm. get to have it right now. And I feel like, um, you know, there were no bikers or radioactive fallout, but I in in that tiny moment, I sort of understand right. where you where you're coming from. If you stayed twenty nine more days, like who knows? Yeah, we did. A, yeah, stay in a place long enough, you'll see some some shit. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. I want to talk about a specific book, but before we talk about that book, which is your new book, I just wanted to sort of touch on. I I think there's an interesting thing because you, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, but. Uh, there's a zine uh, about a pool disaster 
that um, has no writer's name on it. Right, it's by some guy. It's by some guy. Um, but you sell it in your online store. Yeah, I'm helping him out. Oh, that's very nice of you. <laughs> um, we won't say, we don't know who made it. And then you know, no, we can we can talk frankly about it. it well, we, uh, the, you have you have this pool disaster about uh, your your mom's neighbors building a pool, a, a pool in their backyard without yes. knowing how to build a pool. Uh, I don't want to talk specifically about that as much as there's that there's the clown motel there's that stuff and you're making obviously you made the clown motel book but also like you're making these zines about them and they're really. They're not mini comics. They're zines in the old-fashioned sense of zines, where like you know, when I think when I was coming up and you were coming up, zines were very common and very prevalent. And uh, I think they're a lot rarer these days. Now people have blogs or whatever. But uh, I have a real love for zines, and I love that kind of energy that you bring to this. And then I was thinking about the sort of connective tissue of your zines and and your comic work, and like. I may be, again, reading too much into everything, but to me, I, I realize that there's this sort of, like, mix of, like, a love letter to a medium and also, like, an I don't give a fuck about the medium at the same time <laughs> that is in your comics and, 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 in, the, and in the zine stuff that I, I think is just this really, like, I don't want to say, like, a punk rock attitude because I don't, I don't love when people say that. It doesn't really mean anything. But, like, there's a real an understanding and a caring about the history of something and the craft of something. And also a like, but also I do whatever the fuck I want to sure. it that, that I think is really fun. Do you see a connective tissue between the part of you that makes these zines <clears throat> and the comics, or are they just like just different creative outlets? Uh, yeah, I don't really like the zines have all been like weird accidents um, that are mostly Twitter based, you know, like pool disaster was not something I, set out to like i you know i it was a pure i'm trying to remember why i uh, was even at my mom's um i think i had done heroes yeah that was it i had done here i had driven uh from portland to charlotte north where did i i don't know i drove great, across the country a great decision yes every time i do it it's a great decision um so uh on my way back, I stopped at my mom's house. Um, and then, yeah, I just like, she hates her neighbors and her neighbors have always been weird. Like every time I go, there's, they're like trash haulers. Um, but like every time I would go back home, they'd have more trampolines in the backyard. Like, (laughs) so initially they just had one giant trampoline and then it got up to three giant trampolines. And then there were smaller satellite trampolines, um, like their yard was just like covered in trampolines. Did you see them use them ever? Did she? No, they never no. used them. She awesome. she said that occasionally one of their kids or like you know some child would come out of the house, would like walk <laughs> along the path of trampolines, and then walk back and just bounce right back into the house, and that was it. <laughs> um, and then like the dogs would sleep. Their dogs would sleep on the trampolines. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it was just like when I happened to be there, they they were uh, they'd cleared all the trampolines out and were trying to build a pool. And I just documented like the first few because st- I knew it was going to be stupid. Um, you could just tell by looking at it. Um, 
so yeah and then they, that just like blew up from there and then when i left i told my mom i was like i taught my mom i was like here's how you take a picture on your phone like i was like <laughs> you know here's how ideally you know like um and i was like just send me just text me pictures send me updates because uh, the internet is very interested and she was like okay i get i'm amazed she cooperated um <laughs> but uh i mean like yeah it was and then it just like people were just really interested in it and i i don't it was just like a weird you know it's one of those stories that just like pops up out of nowhere sure. um and people become invested in and i became invested in it so then like i i it was more an experiment to see like will people actually pay for a fucking you know a zine mm-hmm. about uh some people they don't know uh, trying to <laughs> assemble a pool and it going wrong um and it turns out they will like so and the, the the clown motel thing was the reason i did the zine was i got tired of talking about it because mm-hmm. uh, that's all anybody wanted to talk about for the like five months after i got back was and i was like fuck it i'm, I'm i literally made the zine in 24 hours with like enough time to get it shipped to emerald city um yeah. Like it arrived on the first day of the show, uh-huh. um, so yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it uh, the only connective tissue I can really see is like it's just like things that get stuck in my head, and yeah. I want to like turn them into something instead of just like, well, that was a neat experience, and then file it away. Uh-huh. I, I mean, know. I think that's I think that's really beautiful. I really kind of love that. But we should shift gears and now talk about your new book. Mm-hmm. which is Godfell, which mm-hmm. is coming out from Vault Comics. I don't know when. February. Yeah, when is it February. February, okay. February. Late February. Um, yeah, can you tell us what the book is, what it's about? Uh, yeah, it's a fantasy book, um, and it's about uh, this land where uh, one day God falls out of the sky dead, uh, <laughs> lands in the ground, and... Uh, and then all the many factions of this land, you know, basically are like come to lay claim to it. Um, so our story is about uh, this uh, soldier, Zanzi, who has uh, just gotten away from the war and she's trying to get back home. And the quickest route for her to get home is to go through the body of God. Um <laughs> And she has a, a companion that she picks up along the way. So it's the two of them entering through the soul of the foot of God and basically working their way up through this gigantic corpse. Um, and then uh, lots of chaotic and weird things happen to them inside. I I love that you went, you told me about this idea a long time ago. I remember you, you we were talking and you were like yeah i think i have a fantasy idea and i was so fascinated by it and then you started talking and i was like well that's not what i expected and <laughs> crazy and i to show why we're such different writers i was sure because you didn't have a lot of details at the time that they were going to go in through you know the head and i was like how does your story end if not coming out god's ass like i don't <laughs> that, and that was just like stuck in my head was just like is Chris building a story where we end coming out of God's ass? Like, I don't see any other solution to how this would go. And that's what I was caught up on. No, right through the tip of his dick. Yeah, right. Oh, wow. you know, either way, <laughs> they're all interesting ideas to, to explore. But you went, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read all of it. I don't know where they come out, if they come out. But you didn't start at the head. And so I was impressed with that as an idea. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, um, I got a question about it real quick because I read yeah. you, you mentioned that it was like, oh, you have a fantasy idea. I, I read it in an interview about the book. I believe it was you that you said uh, that, yeah, fantasy is not a genre you have any particular uh, particular affinity for before. And so mm -hmm. what what was it? What did you have to do in approaching this to sort of like connect with a world like that so that you can build it out and stay interested? Um, I mean, mostly, you know, I did what I always do. I just tried to build something cool uh, using a lot, you know, it's like, I, I don't, I often don't like the result. Like I like fantasy as a concept. Like I like all the set pieces, yeah. like, you know, I've dumped over a hundred hours into Skyrim. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of that was due to depression, but also I really enjoyed it. Um, right. So like, I like all the pieces. It just never fits together well for me um, in a way that like, it always becomes like, you know, uh, lady whoever is uh, in a bloody battle with Lord whoever mm -hmm. it becomes like these you know like drama of manners shit um, mm -hmm. and I don't like dragons um, I'll, I'll oh, say wow. that yeah. <laughs> hot, hot take I don't like oh, nice. scalding hot yeah um, what about so, them they're just stupid like alright like, <laughs> it's an unpopular like opinion like it's just like a like wow. an edgier pegasus we're gonna have to cut this out I don't want you to yeah, get the hate that you're, the backlash mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I, come come at me <laughs> I'll say it again. Like I, wow. yeah. I drag. Anytime a dragon shows up, I'm like, I'm out. Um, we have a lot of dragons <laughs> listening. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, you know, I just had to. I, it was a nice challenge to myself to see if I could write fantasy, just because it's a genre that I'm not super, you know, a, a huge uh, fan of. Right. Um, but it was a lot of fun to like sort of enmesh myself in something that was, you know, much newer to me than like, you know, I know how to write a crime or a sci-fi book, uh, you know, um, fantasy. I was just like, Oh no. Um, but it let me do, you know, stuff I've always wanted to do like the omniscient third person narrator. Yeah, um, yeah. and like, you know, um, just like anytime I had a contraction, just cross that out and like, <laughs> like the full word, like, um, and just trying to talk like fantasy. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was a fun, uh, yeah, it was just like a challenge. Uh, some of these books are just like challenges to myself. Like, can I do that? Um, yeah. and it turns out I can. Do you, do you feel like doing this book has made you appreciate fantasy more or you just don't mm. give a shit? No, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I think I probably have the same, uh, you know, I, hopefully the one side effect of doing this book is like, people will recommend uh good fantasy to me. Like, mm -hmm. I like urban fantasy, which that feels like a cheat though. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like that doesn't, I don't know. I guess it technically is fantasy. I, yeah. I think I just don't like old timey stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah, um, love horses, but I don't like the era where everyone was forced to ride horses. <laughs> well, you like horses optional times. Yeah, That's yeah. Weird. I like horses as a leisure animal, not as a necessity animal. Um, the thing that I, I really, you know, I was reading the book and uh, I really love it. I, I read the first issue and I thought it was amazing. And um, it, it was fun to see your voice in a fantasy book and and you know see you doing the the third person narration was interesting and um 
and it's fun because you have such a I think you have such a good unique voice for your characters all the time and watching you do the the omniscient narrator is such an interesting twist because it's like oh how is this like that that to me always reads dry and when you do it it's not and so I was like oh it's really interesting but the thing I, I was sort of caught up in in the book like you have this war and it's you know this sort of cold war and you know like I don't want to read too much in anything but it sort of felt like there's kind of a political like you could you could find a modern political context for it of this like sort of growing tension between these people and like territorially and you know I think you could look at a lot of different situations and and see sort of hints of the context there and then you follow Zanzi who is um she's just really fucking tired and just wants to go home and I was like oh that's the end of this story it's not some super noble principled person it's not someone who is a true believer it's just a fucking exhausted person and i was like that's such an amazing in to this fantasy world of just like yeah there's wars and there's politics and there's principles and there's ideologies but like at the end of the day some of us are just exhausted and like (laughs) i love that so much i guess that's not really a question as much as like going back to the idea of like how you get these big ideas, but then you're coming in from a character for character first point of view. Like you have this big fantasy concept of God fell out of the sky and how does that change the world? But at the end of the day, it's about a really tired person. And that is the most relatable shit I've ever read. (laughs) Yeah. It's very easy to write. Um, Yeah. I, I just really, I don't know. I, I loved reading the book because you know, like Ethan said, you're coming at it from a place that isn't, and I think this goes back to what I was saying before, that there's a place of like, you have a lot of reverence for the universe you've built. You're not disrespecting your own story, but also it feels like conventions of the genre are not that important to you. Mm. Um, Your own rules are, are what matters. And I think that is really, you know, sort of fearless storytelling that sort of comes through in a really fun way. And I, I really, I really love the first issue. Um, does this make you want to do more stuff outside your comfort zone? Like more? Yeah. yeah. No, I always like, yeah, I'm, I'm always like trying to figure out stuff that like, <clears throat> you know, is stuff I've, I, I, <clears throat> I never want to, I don't know. I, I'm very, uh, paranoid about retreading ground that i've already walked over so i'm i I get you know like this new thing i was working i've been working on developing like there was a i don't know there's a pivot point where it can go one or two directions and like one of them is like and then you know they're like in this caravan and they're on the run and i was like but i've done you know uh, at least like one or two sort of on the run across the country sort of things so like i i get very uh self-conscious about like cribbing from myself so i throwing myself into stuff like fantasy like helps sort of just like remove a lot of that because like i've never done fantasy before so like there's you know I, there, I could still crib from myself, but like, I think the inertia of being in a world that I'm not like very content and familiar with keeps me on my toes and keeps me, you know, sort of pushing a little bit harder to, to see what I can come up with. It's mm-hmm. interesting. I, uh, 
I feel like I don't get so worried about cribbing for myself because I don't think anyone actually reads my books. And then I <laughs> will reuse jokes and people are like, you used that joke before. And I'll be like, oh, I didn't know you knew that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm a like traveling stand-up comic in a different town, but sure. the audience just travels with me. And so I do my act every night and they're like, I've seen this before. And I'm like, oh, it's you again. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's going to be the same tomorrow. Um, so maybe I should be more concerned with it. Uh, but... I'm not the <laughs> I, I don't think it's a very useful skill to have in your toolbox mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I just I think about it too much. do you do you feel like I mean it, just in terms of creator own books like you're staggeringly prolific um, how many creator own books have you done do you know um, yeah I actually just counted I was rewriting my bio um, it's uh, it's 21 Jeez. Well, with the book, there's a book coming out next year that hasn't been announced, um, so that'll be 21. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, I would imagine that being concerned about cribbing from yourself becomes harder the more you do, uh, unless you're just radically reinventing everything you do every year, which doesn't seem like a good idea I, or feasible. Yeah. I'm not into that. Like, I don't need to rebuild from the ground up. I just need to like, you know, uh, mark some floors as like off limits. Obviously like I wouldn't ask for specifics, but are, is there anything you can say about what other challenges you're wanting to give yourself? Um, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, there's a, uh, <clears throat> there's a sci-fi outer space book that I'm working on uh, mm -hmm. that is uh, very much like a, a breakup book. Mm -hmm. Like it's a book about a couple uh, falling out of love with each other and how badly that goes. But uh, the outer space part is very important. Um, but it's very important in terms of setup. But like once the, the breakup starts happening, it's like, that's all I want to talk. Like, <laughs> right. um, so I just, yeah, I want to do sort of this. Yeah. It, it's very much just like, two people uh you know sort of jabbing each other for a hundred mm. pages um, <laughs> <laughs> but with a robot there is a robot so wow. to, to break wow. it up a little That's um beautiful. yeah i am right now i mean like the you know i'm working on a bunch of s short stories um mm. because that's a a one I've just gotten out of practice with prose but uh there's just some ideas that i i don't I don't know. It's always like comics first with me. It's like any idea I come up with, it's like, how is that going to be a comic? Like, right. um, and I'm trying to sort of like, why don't I throw this in the short story pool and see if I can do it there. Um, mm -hmm. Just like, yeah, I, I, I think comics overall, I'm, I'm a little too comfortable with that. So I'm trying to sort of throw myself uh, back on my heels. I also have this weird nonfiction book that I've been working on for, four years um that wow. I, i've told you about it it's with all the the conspiracy flyers oh yeah yeah, yeah. um okay so like yeah I've, I've always got a couple things that like they're they're the slowest going of all of them because they because they make me uncomfortable and like because they're they're challenging like it takes me a lot longer but uh, i always have like you know um three or four of them slow cooking somewhere and this kitchen <laughs> well that's awesome uh i'm excited for whenever they come to, to me read too them. 
<laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad that, that you're excited too, Chris. I would be, I'd be sad if you were like, I'm not. But, um, <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah, I'm, I'm over it, and I got years to go. I'm thinking about the 2030s now. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, I was excited to have you on because I'm always, you know, I don't, I don't say it lightly when I, I say that you're one of the creators who like I'm kind of most in awe of their ability to create ideas that I that just you know in a billion years would never come to me and so your your brain is always one that I'm I'm sort of fascinated by and I hope that you know if you die before I do you'll leave it to me and I can explore it and play with it yeah you don't have to answer on the air no I I I didn't have plans for it so if you want it (laughs) um you gotta take my dog too well your dog kind of hates me so that's good no no my dog just wants to consume you. That's, just, yeah. that's the ultimate <laughs> form of love. Ask anyone in divorce. Like, uh, um, this is true, I guess. Uh, for, those, <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, Chris's wonderful dog Zola. Um, many times I've stayed there, and uh, she uh, just chews on me like a chew toy. And then I came over with Tyler Boss to hang out, and before it, I warned him. I was like, Zola's a very big, very strong dog who just chews on people and Zola sweetly nuzzled up next to him, gave him a sweet kiss on his cheek and then lay down so he could pet her. And then I was like, what the hell? Why isn't she eating him? And <laughs> as soon as I said that, she leapt up and just like started chomping on me. Um, so we have, a, we have a strange relationship. Me, You me have and a certain me. musk. I do. I mean, I don't like to talk about it on air, but I'm definitely. <laughs> um, I mean, there's no, yeah, we're just going to get into that. I think that brings us to a good end. When we start talking about my Musk, I think that's the point when, when I end. No, that's show. when the episode should I start. I think so. That's yeah. This is the, <laughs> this is the pre-show, and now we're going to get into it. Um, no, but I'm I was really excited to have you come on and and get to chat and see your lovely face, and uh, I was really excited to read Godfell. It's it's so good, and I I can't urge people enough to go read it. And explore it and all of Chris's stuff uh, because he is one of the best in the business by miles. And um, you're very sweet to say so. Oh, so uh, <laughs> so yeah, Chris. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us today, and, yeah. and uh, it was a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that brings us to the end of part two of our discussion with Christopher Sabella. Make sure to check out Godfell as well as everything else Chris is working on by giving him a follow on Twitter at XTOP. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.